so he, it was cool. Um, you know, Sheena's the coach, so I'm literally married to a soccer mom now. Uh, how does that even happen? When, when did that happen? Did she go to soccermomscoaches.com? No, they're four years old. They just run around. It's, they don't even play soccer. It's just like whatever. So it's basically you're just trying to figure out who's bringing the orange slices. That's that's all it is. They're just out there to have fun. Dude, that mom that brings Star Crunch, you need to tell her to pump her fucking brakes. Because yeah. that makes all the other moms look like shit. Well, what happened is we brought Cheez-Its and no one wanted to play soccer. They just wanted to eat snacks the whole time. So <laughs> it's just making and, all the other parents look bad. Yeah, it's just an unorganized mess. I remember having a conversation with my mom. I was like, Mom, we can't do just orange slices because last week they had the little butter cookies. We got to do orange slices and at least oatmeal pies. We got to put in some effort. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 37. I am your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. Uh, this week we're brought to you by PopChest, which is a media distribution platform which uses Bitcoin micropayments to directly reward content creators. So if you make premium videos, head on over to popchest.com and within minutes you can start receiving your own slice of the Bitcoin pie from every single viewer. So if you want to watch cool Bitcoin videos, you can also head over to theprotocol.tv to watch an exclusive one-hour interview with the biggest brain of Bitcoin, Vitalik Buterin, who happens to be the founder of the Ethereum project. And the only way to watch this, commercial-free, is on theprotocol.tv and with Bitcoin micropayments enabled by PopChest. And we're also brought to you by EscrowMyBits, which is super fast, super easy, and it only takes three steps. So all you do is just register and deposit Bitcoin, seller ships the item, buyer checks the goods, and then they release the funds. And they also offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. So euros, I'm talking yen, and I should note that the dollar, um, uh, the dollar passed the yen for the first time in 15 months. So I'm not going to say the useless Canadian money, I'm going to say the useless yen and USD and everything else that got you covered. So they were created to uh, solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around. And their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible. And we at the Bitcoin Podcast, we want there to be no longer any excuses on the barking ass dog. (laughs) Shut up. Um, Why not use escrow? So start the escrow process, go to their website, and make sure you sign up for the newsletter to stay up to date. And that website is escrowmybits.com. So uh, what's up, gentlemen? Yo. Yo. You had a dog. Yeah, remember he got that pound puppy. Yeah, little wiener dog. Wiener schnitzel. Hey, uh, I think we may have um, alienated some of our fans. A lot of people love dogs, and you're like telling your dog to shut up. Yeah, but people who own dogs tell their dogs to shut up. Oh, okay, people who we'll don't do own it. dogs don't tell their dogs to shut up, and they get upset and they'll do it. 
Yeah. Uh, I, lo- I like my dog. I'm not, I don't abuse it. I love my dog. My dog's my, my child, and I, and I tell it to shut up all the time. <laughs> I tell my child to shut up, so. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. That's the jingle. That's, that's how it goes. There's no music. Just people talking. <laughs> um, so, Bitcoin's been, I feel like Bitcoin's in that, uh, what's that movie, Poltergeist? The remake? Movie. Not the remake. That was a pile of shit. <laughs> that was a huge, that Jurassic Park pile of doo-doo. No, the original one. Like, it's, it's stuck in this stasis. And it's phasing in and out. It's just, it's at, it's at flux, I think. Bitcoin. Why? I don't know. It's, it's, it's the community. Let me, alright, let me rephrase it. The community seems a bit, uh, disjointed. That's a good point. That's a good word for it. Disjointed. There's a lot of opinions being flown around, um, by different parts of the community who are not connected to each other. A lot of it stems from, it's like a, a, some, somebody who is very knowledgeable about something will say something that's probably accurate. Someone else who is ignorant of a lot of things will get a hold of it and then broadcast it. Mm-hmm. And then opinions get thrown out that don't come from the original source and then get exacerbated to, you know, ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's a lot of things that keep getting said that aren't, aren't necessarily true or aren't 100% true. And it's, there's really no good central place to find opinions. You have to do a lot of research to get what's going on. Listen to a lot of different, you know, people talk and what their opinions are and then kind of put it together yourself. But there isn't a lot of danger. There's no, there's no real danger of all these forks and different things. There's just a lot of different opinions on how we solve this problem. And it's, it's perfectly fine to have multiple opinions, whichever one ends up working or whichever one ends up we go, we ends up being the one everyone goes with. Doesn't mean that the others were wrong. It just means that we chose something and it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just what we went with. It's just what everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. And if it's not what we want in the future, we change it again. It's not a big deal. It's just, it's so annoying. Like you hear, you'll see one post on a forum because there's so many forums to check now. You see one post on a forum and it's like segregated witness is the best thing to have ever happened to Bitcoin since Satoshi. And then you see the very next post post and it's like segregated witness is a goddamn pitfall. And if we commit to segregated witness, then this whole show is over. And it's like, what? Who is saying shit like shit? that? Shit like that. It's no good. I mean, when you say if we do this one thing, Bitcoin will fail and everyone's going to die and apocalypse will happen. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Like, there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to ruin Bitcoin. Period. You know, people think that if Bitcoin forks, that all of their coins are in danger and they're worth nothing. That's not true. It's like there's there are there there are certain scenarios where multiple implementations of software can coexist simultaneously. And you can still use your Bitcoin on all of them. It's yeah, it's it's, it's perfectly fine. And you know, there's it gets a little more technical and deep than that. But the use the end user shouldn't really care. And, absolutely, they're not going to. Yeah. They're not. So, you know, I found myself on the um, long story short, found myself on the Captain Planet Wikipedia page the other day, 
And I was doing some research. And I was just wondering, like, why can't we fork like the Planeteers do? Like, why don't we take the best of each element, put it together, and then we've got Bitcoin with the Captain Planet shirt on, running shit. Like, That's if the I problem. Could, That's the problem. You just said the best, the best of each element. Yeah, man. And Earth, wind, what is fire, what is heart. What's your, what's your opinion of that? What is uh, the best element? And why is your opinion better than everyone else's opinion on what the best is? We That's the get, problem is that everyone with all of these different branches thinks that their branch is the best and it has all the best implementations. But because it's such a social event and Bitcoin in, in, in general is an emergent thing, like all of the things of Bitcoin come out from like the emergent property of, of a lot of people doing the same thing. And so when that happens, a lot of things that you can't predict end up happening and you have to deal with those things. But there's no real centralized authority to say, well, we didn't see this coming, so we're going to do this instead, whether or not it's what everyone wants. So everyone ends up trying to put their opinion forth and there's no real – and it's the miners who get to vote on what mm-hmm. they what software they run. It's the, it's the wallets that get to vote on which transactions they create. It's the exchanges they get to vote on, you know, all these things put put in their own vote to create this large conglomeration of what people call consensus. Okay, and yeah. wherever the majority goes, the vast majority goes, is tends to be what the implementation is. That consensus. But uh, there's no real good way to say this is the best way because okay. we don't know what the best way is. So is it a matter of economics or like personal preference? Both. There's, there's a lot of factors. There's economics, there's, there's personal preference, there's, you know, governance, like how we change the software. There's all these, it's Bitcoin. It really has its fingers in a lot of different pies. It, it crosses a lot of boundaries that have never been crossed simultaneously before. And there's no real protocol to how to deal with that type of thing yet. I mean, we don't have a good way to like mm-hmm. look back in history and say, well, they did it this way and it worked. Yeah. It's the first time something like this is working because it crosses so many different boundaries. We have the internet for a lot of different analogies, but it's still not good enough to deal with a lot of the issues that Bitcoin and the environment of cryptocurrencies is facing. So we we shouldn't defer to the core developers then just because they're good at coding. There's, a lot of people are saying that right now, but I mean, they, they're they yeah. really good at coding. But I mean, but that, it's ethics, it's psychology, it's economics, it's more than just there that. Are, that's why Bitcoin is so... I mean, entrancing when you really dig into it. It's so interdisciplinary, you know. So, you know, I've been saying this for a while. A lot of people don't like that I say this, but I think there's going to be a time when Bitcoin may need groups or organizations of people. This case, and she's got an opinion on a. She doesn't know the universal symbol of finger over the mouth. <laughs> it's way too real at the Bitcoin podcast. We keep it all the way real. Um, family men and family things happen. Keep it real. Right. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought. Oh, sorry. I got sidetracked. But you know that Jadinda, Jadinda song, Classic Man? I'm a classic man. You can be me. Are we going to play that as our intro if Classic wins the fork? Uh, okay, yeah, if we get the rights, I guess we're not gonna get those rights, but we can play like thir- three seconds of it so we don't get sued. Anyways, um, I can't. I don't even know where I was going because Kazen's interjection was just that. So so it was abrupt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we I believe we were trying to talk about Bitcoin. 
I think that's yeah, that's definitely a subject we were talking about. Well, we're talking about like how the, 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 the how big you're talking about. There needs to be organizations. Yeah, there needs sort. to be. We're gonna have to get to a point where there have to be protocols in place to how we handle situations like this. And I think since this is the first hard fork that's this important, maybe we should use this as a time to take notes and and see if we can come up with some protocols for future because Bitcoin is gonna be updated throughout the history of Bitcoin. So we might as well start coming up with some procedures for how to do it. And I do see that happening, but I'd like for it to happen without so much emotion going on. Like, oh, segregated witnesses, it's going to just rape the earth and somehow it's going to make gold vaporize. We don't need to put segregated witness in there. Like, it's there's just a lot of uh, puff shit going on. Well, I think that I think that the people who are the most loud are not the most knowledgeable on the subject. It's like the assholes of every community are usually the loudest. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's where we get our news from, especially if you're only dealing to a few different main popular sources of information, you're not getting the, you're not getting the original source. You're getting regurgitated, aggravated reputations of the source. Yeah. And so, did you guys hear uh, about Greg Maxwell? He wrote no. this big, long post that suggested that uh, controversial hard forks are close to theft. What? I saw it. I didn't read it. It's it's a brick of text, um, but it got a pretty good response. Uh, he posted it on BitcoinTalk.org. He has some highlights for us? It's, it's hard to piece things out. Um, I, I would just encourage all the listeners to kind of read that. But like Corey says, the people that go on the mountaintops and yell, um, have kind of skewed, you know, visions of it. But that's not to say that even the people who are in the, in the core of it still have hard opinions on certain things. So that doesn't make them right. It's like you said earlier, we can't like let the cores, the core developers decide everything just because they're good at programming and cryptography because the, the, the landscape of Bitcoin is much larger than that. We should defer to them in technical issues of Bitcoin and, pro- and, and cryptography. But when it comes to I mean, the banks like Coinbase and the third party organizations that handle money have their own perspective of what Bitcoin needs to be and the, the environment there. And then you have mm-hmm. all of the other environments that tie together. So, I mean, we need I, I envision some type of Justice League if we go back <laughs> to that of like all of the, the, the large people. Or you know representations of the large people filling in so that we can have a discussion and like at least a civilized debate of what this is, and not just people getting a piece of information and then yelling their opinion in a shitty way mm-hmm. because it doesn't help anyone. Then we have a lot of people asking the questions on what our opinion of the best like how to deal with this fork, and we're not experts in this. There are many other people yeah. that can tell you much better opinions on what we should do in terms of this fork we're, we're just here to tell you that no matter what happens bitcoin isn't going to die it's perfectly fine because this is an incredibly technical issue that the developers and people who develop software and wallets should care about but not necessarily the end user who's trying to buy things or use their bitcoin or just store their value yeah it's yeah basically just like Corey said. Do, you want, do you want to hear a couple sentences d this guy is involved yeah give us some stuff all right. Uh, so he says, uh, I think incredible care must be made when rewriting the rules like that. 
So the rules are Bitcoin and the stability of Bitcoin's rules is the soundness of the currency. So if the rules can be easily rewritten against the will of some users by others, according to political whim, then what can be trusted? Is the supply fixed? Will coins be confiscated and awarded to others? If that gate is crossed, then there is almost always some excuses, which is, quote, good enough, as was lamented in some of Bitcoin's earliest announcements. So then he concludes by saying, I don't believe that 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 core has the power to make changes prohibited by the rules of the system while proposed by an economically significant portion of Bitcoin's users. Because if it does, by way of inertia or laziness, have that power, I don't believe it has the moral authority to rewrite the system out from under people's risks, writing the thin line of theft. And if the system could really be so easily rewritten against controversy, it may bring into question its ability to uphold any of its properties. This is a dangerous road that should be avoided whenever possible. All right. And so he's essentially, he's essentially saying that people who've gotten into Bitcoin have gotten into Bitcoin based on the rules that they understood when they got into it. And they made a risk assessment and an investment in that environment. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I've, I've put in a certain amount of money because I believe that this system under the rules that I, that are the rules that it's currently operating will succeed or will continue. And he's saying that you're stealing that money from them if you have the ability to change the rules that they made the investment on. At least that's the way I'm interpreting it. But that's that's correct. Anybody who's putting a good amount of money into this thing knows that it's still a social experiment. Yes, like that's true. this isn't this isn't set in stone. Although it has a lot of backing and a lot of and a giant environment of people using it, and that it will be the future in some way, shape, or form of how we deal with money and value transfer, or at least securing digital assets. But everyone knows that they're still making an investment in a bet on whether or not Bitcoin will win and that it's subject to change so that we can still we can have the best implementation of that of that thing. And to say that if you change the rules, you're stealing everybody's investment is really short sighted because anybody who made an investment understands that it's probably going to change some way, shape or form. Yeah, there's I understand that. But there's a certain part of me that, like, I don't know, past athlete, super competitive, that's just like, if you go into a project or anything with a mindset that, "Mm, this is just a big maybe, then are you ever going to have the concrete energy to make it not a maybe? Like, is it ever going to get past the point where we're saying, oh, Bitcoin, it's just an experiment. We're just trying shit out on humanity. And if it works, yeah. Or do we need to start saying Bitcoin is the shit. It's here. Let's just make it better and make it the best. Let's make it exactly what we all want it to be. Instead well, of this giant, of like, huh? It's a little bit of both. It's just we're not. I don't know. It's it it, it really comes to some like semantics on what you call Bitcoin. I mean, are you are you considering Bitcoin the protocol as it is today, and that what it evolves to won't be Bitcoin? Because cryptocurrency no, and 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 the way Bitcoin works currently, and like cryptography and consensus networks and blockchain technology, that's here and it's to stay, and it's not going to change, and it's the future of, of money. Mm-hmm. But whether or not it's the it's it's probably not going to be what Bitcoin is today when it's, you know, the standard of what everyone uses because things need to change. Bitcoin in its current implementation has limitations and problems, which will be fixed, right? Yes. 
So it's like saying Bitcoin in a general sense is here to stay, but explicitly Bitcoin right now will change. And it's not, if this, this, the way it is now isn't the way it's going to be. Yeah, man. And that's I'll perfectly the- fine. That means that doesn't mean the coins you have are going to be worthless in a year. They're not. It means they're it- going to evolve. I'll be the first one to say there's some altcoins out there that do things Bitcoin can't, but it's the thing is, it's not, they do things that Bitcoin can't do right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's something that if it's that popular and enough users want that feature, then it can be put into Bitcoin. I mean, we're talking about programmable money here. So. I don't know. I just, I'm tired of the mentality. It's been what, seven years? How many years since this? 2008, 2009. So seven or eight years, Bitcoin's been around now and it's doing really well. Um, it's even, how long is an experiment not an experiment anymore? I mean, that's a philosophical question. I mean, can you experiment for eight years? We still call ourselves the human experiment. I mean, uh, there's some people, it's, it's semantics. It's nitpicky semantics and what you want to say. It's saying or framing your idea in a way that like makes an opinion the the way you want it to sound. You can call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You can call an experiment till forever. We still, you know, people still say, you know, the human experiment. We've been around for, you know, millions of years, but it's just, it's, it's stupid semantics that, people use to try and give themselves a voice yeah i mean in my opinion just in my opinion i don't think it's an experiment anymore i don't think we need to carry ourselves anymore with a "Mm, this might not work it's working look at it it's working let's just take a step back see how it's working and then improve upon the shit and make it better yeah but how much is it how much is it that someone like that makes i mean don't get me wrong i haven't read what what the, from the excerpt, what Marcello just just read. I haven't read the whole thing, so I don't understand what he's trying to say as a whole. That could be taken out of context in terms of the rest of it. But who's to say that he's saying the current implementation, or what people are saying, isn't going to work for the long run and needs to be changed, and we should be aware of it. And we're taking it out of context and saying he's an asshole saying Bitcoin's failed. And that's how, that, and that's how this shit spirals out of control. I mean, this may not be the right example for that, but that certainly happens for a lot of things, right? Yeah. Somebody says, this isn't sustainable. It's going to need to be changed at some point. And I want to bring that to someone's attention. And then everyone reads it the wrong way and says, you're an asshole, thinks Bitcoin going to fail. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's, there's a lot of that going on. And Too many it's chiefs. really easy to do when someone just says it and they can write a blog about it and it happens to get a lot of clicks because they made a clickbait title or I don't know, they happen, their website pulls in a lot of downloads or whatever. So you, it's hard to say what anyone thinks because yeah. everyone makes a big deal out of it in the wrong way, shape or form. Community's too disjointed. We need a kumbaya sesh who can bring us together. Everyone needs to take a bunch of mushrooms and <laughs> peyote and have a vision quest. Firm it up. <laughs> Shrooms, and we'll know the true solution. That's yeah. the only true. That's the only clear answer here. And we can all come together. <laughs> true love, Bitcoin. Let's let's live in a world where there is no miners, not even a slight point of trust at all, and it's just purely flat P two P system. That'd be great. You have to have miners, though. 
to secure the I mean, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, they use miners to determine the ordering of transactions, um, but it, it confines them to control only the ordering, you know? No. It's, it's not. What do you mean? It's not the ordering it's, of it's transactions. A, it's an intentional balance. I think we're talking about like an intentional balance of power, like within the system. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's decentralizing the, 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 the security of the system. To, and you do that by giving them an incentive to secure the system. Here's Miners a question make I have. A, make, a, make a company investment to, to verify transactions by putting their electricity to work. And, that, and they get paid to do it. And then they compete to get paid to do it. Here's so you're just making no central authority the security of the system. Yeah. And you can't do that otherwise unless they have a good incentive structure. This is a it's question not, I have. And, and the question is, why the fuck do we care so much about China? Like, okay, I get it. They're mining hardcore. They're doing a good job on it, too. But if it's decentralized, the system is decentralized, then how come other countries and other businesses in other countries aren't bringing up competitive mining operations, making it more competitive? Make, putting more... Uh, the massive mining operations spread throughout the globe. I feel like it should be, if Bitcoin is like the people's currency, then I feel like there need to be pockets of people that specifically are going to, to people with deep pockets and saying, Hey, you, you should probably build a mining farm. This is, you know, you can afford it. This is going to be your projected profit. If things are growing just like they're growing, look, here's the numbers to support it. You should build a mining farm. And start mining Bitcoin. It's going to be profitable at this date, according to this projection. You know, I feel like there's people smart enough to present that to people rich enough That's in happening. A, enough different countries. That's already happening. People are. I mean, I, I I feel like that 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 is already in place and currently happening, and will continue to happen. And even if it feels like China has to the- do something different, and they take all their hash car away and mine something else or they want a different protocol or consensus rules so what that doesn't mean bitcoin that doesn't mean bitcoin fails it means that the the difficulty rate drops tremendously yeah and, and then but, everybody's but everyone keeps you still using bitcoin and just china doesn't use bitcoin they use something different and so what we don't use that so what's the evaluation of that coin probably yeah. nothing or you can still continue on the same chain if we never change the consensus rules and half the network drops if they have mm-hmm. half the network, right? It's just for a while, it becomes difficult to hard to block. For, you know, I think like 10 or 17 days, I don't know how, I forget how long it takes until the difficulty readjusts. We we mine difficult blocks until it takes a while to mine a block. And then difficulty adjusts to the new hash rate of the network because mm-hmm. that giant percentage is gone and we carry, about, we carry about our business while China does whatever the fuck they're doing. There's so many. I think Satoshi is a very brilliant man or woman or people. And he built the system with so many awesome game theory, you know, applications into it. And I think that in times of crisis, people get tunnel vision. And right now, people feel like it's some crisis, Bitcoin scaling. It's not a crisis, but they feel that way. So they get tunnel vision on certain avenues. And I think that's one of the cool things about Bitcoin is that, man, we don't have to let any one thing handcuff Bitcoin. Propagation time's an issue. Who gives a fuck? Let's move around. Let's go to the economical uh, advantages of Bitcoin. 
you know, I'm saying there's so many ways to compete within the system that Bitcoin always comes out on top. You know, so if anything, everybody should stop tripping. Bitcoin's fine. Your money's fine. And the shit's going to scale awesomely going into 2016. What about that? That guy from Bulgaria who said the era of blockchains upon us buy some Bitcoin. I don't know. I kind of wanted to sing. Uh, Why do I care about this guy? <laughs> I kind of wanted to sing. Uh, what kind of music is it called? Um, Gregorian chant. Do you guys know what Gregorian chant is? No. Nah, hit us. Hit us with a little bit of it. It's like old school throat singing before people sang in different tones. They all sang in one monotone with their throats, and it was like, mm, you've heard it before in like movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we know what that is. I just know what it's called. Gregorian chant. You said Gregorian. Weren't those the rock people in Zelda Ocarina of Time? No. Those <laughs> the people that lived on the mountains? I think those are called Gorgons. I'm not sure, but I think oh. they're called. Okay. I think they're called Gorgons. <laughs> that was a reach. That's a legitimate, but, that's a legitimate, gentleman, you know. I but there, you try. <laughs> if you've played Ocarina of Time, oh, fucking hell, mouth. If you've played Ocarina of Time recently, there's a lot of Gregorian chant in it when you're in those temples. So, anyways, nerding out on music. Um, that's what I felt no, like wait, I heard. If you, did, if you didn't play Ocarina of Time, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. If there's a awesome. human that hasn't played Ocarina of Time that's above the age <laughs> of Ocarina of Time's release date, then they need to stop listening to the show and go play that shit. Because what are you doing with your life? Anyway. I think part of Corey's, uh, what did you call it, the spiritual journey, is you have to beat the Water Temple. Oh, my God. Okay. To be that's, an adult. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I'm cool with that. Man, I, I, the water temple almost brought me to tears as a child. At one point, I was just yeah, standing in a corner. Yeah, you're a better man because of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was standing in a corner in the water temple like, this is it. I, I think I trapped myself and I have to restart this video game. All these 30 hours I spent walking around this place, Hyrule, and I can't figure this out. And I just started crying. Was a bitch. <laughs> in a corner. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, where, where were we going? I, I don't know. I, how much? <laughs> how much of all of this debate is just scared bitches? They're afraid that the price is going to drop and everything they've been working on is going to fail, and so they just <laughs> they they scream the sky is falling because they're scared. I don't know, but there needs to be a tweet from the show as a poll on Twitter. <laughs> How much of this debate, hashtag Bitcoin, is just scared bitches? Zero to 25%, 25 to 50%, 50 to 70. All right, I'm cool with that. We'll make we, that. Please, listeners, hop on the tweet and and uh, yeah. and, and cast your vote to but, the percentage of scared bitches on this, this Bitcoin debate. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to be taken seriously. I think it's what it is. Because this, when, you, when, you, when you really dig deep, if you take the time and read a lot of the, the issues – it, it's not. Yeah, you can. The further you go, the more you, the more vitriol and problem you have, and say people say, you know, this isn't going to fail. But at the surface level, the users shouldn't care because Bitcoin will continue to run. We're going to find ways around any issue that we could possibly imagine. 
And it's going to continue to go because the technology is so great. It allows us to do so much. It's not going to fail. But there are problems that need to be addressed and will be addressed through engineering and smart people. Yeah. You know, one thing I appreciate, and maybe I'm just not plugged in enough. I haven't had, you know, time to look into things enough, but I appreciate that Andreas doesn't pull his Bitcoin political prowess more than he does. He does a good job of not speaking out on things and just like every once in a while he'll tweet, you know, oh, this thing's awesome. But he's not like, we should do this because he knows. I think he knows that enough people would be like, oh, yeah, Andrea said it. We need to do it. Let's make it happen. No, because he said he said we need to do segregated witness. He was he backs it. He thinks it's one of the greatest things in the protocol that has happened since the beginning. And he thinks it'll allow for a lot of updates in the future to solve a lot of the current problems of Bitcoin through soft forks and not hard forks, which is and that this, those, these are his words and how he feels about it. I know. And people still say segregated witness is too difficult and that we shouldn't do it. And it's going to cause a lot of problems. If well, I were on guess what? So is fixing all of the issues. Yeah. I mean, these are tough, tough problems, man. They just are. And, but we're talking about the sake of the uh, global monetary system. So they got to be done right. I also feel, you just said that, like a lot of, there's a lot of differing opinions on the, I guess, ethos, I don't know if it's the right word, of Bitcoin. What they, what they feel Bitcoin is set out to be and should be ultimately. Some people think it should be, you know, the global currency of the world where everyone puts all of their value. Some people mm-hmm. think it should be a storage of value and only a storage of value. Some people should, should think it should be how we transact money on a daily basis. Some people think it should be the backbone and how we verify transactions on a daily basis. So we check on the security. So microtransactions are done off chain. Some, so there's a lot of varying opinions on what Bitcoin should be. And those varying opinions have differences in how the protocol should work based on that, right? Mm-hmm. So for something like a, for something like a storage of value where most of the transactions, most of the massive transactions for small values is off the block calls for a small block size because you don't need to fit that many transactions in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas other ones need a large block because you need to feed a tremendous amount of transactions. And then a lot of people don't take into the fee associated with these different things. And they think that because there's a low fee now, there will always be a low fee. Or that's certainly not true. The, in the Satoshi paper, the fee structure and the fee in, in, the, in the fee environment is supposed to take over the displacement of coins or, or minting of new coins throughout the future as the minting of new coins slowly decreases. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be the fee structure, the fees of each transaction will become the incentive to the miners because no more coins are being minted, or so few are. And people think that. It should be free. Well, that's not the case. It should be low and much more efficient, but still reasonable so that it's, it's, it's within the miners, yeah. you know, incentive to, to continue to mine. I want to get this straight for listeners that don't quite understand is that the fees stay low and that's directly proportional to the adoption of Bitcoin. Am Why I right or that? am I wrong? Can you that. explain that a little more? Well, what I mean is that the fees are going to stay low because, I mean, there's a lot of pe- – if, if if mining is 
grandiose and it's all over the globe and there's more people using Bitcoin. Yes, the fee to for transactions does go up, but it's split amongst more miners. Well, that that definitely depends on how many transactions you can fit into a single block. If you have a sh- say, say for instance, there's there's this is the debate in general. You have a fixed amount of space on a single block. We'll say one megabyte. That's what it currently is, right? Mm-hmm. Every transaction that you put into that one megabyte block takes up a, a finite amount of space. Mm-hmm. So that means you can fit only a certain amount of transactions into a single block. And if you have enough people trying to use the network, you can only fit a percentage of those people into a single block every 10 minutes, right? Yeah. So if you have too many people, more people that can fit into a single block trying to use the network in that 10-minute span, then the miners will choose whoever's giving them the most fees because that's going to make them the most money when they create a block. So that means the people who aren't putting that much fees into their transactions won't get their transactions confirmed and their money never goes anywhere or it takes a long time. Real and long so time. if that problem becomes larger and larger and larger and larger, the people with who aren't putting enough fees on there will never get their transactions spent. And the fees and the fee goes up, possibly making it not worthwhile to buy a cup of coffee because it's how it costs the same amount to buy the cup of coffee as the fee you put onto it. So that's their, that's people's argument of saying we need to expand the block size so the fee doesn't get too large to allow more people to fit their transactions into the block every 10 minutes. And then the problem with that is it becomes harder for a single node to keep up with the blockchain because they have to download larger blocks and verify all the transactions in that block, which Mm. takes time and computational power. So the hardware requirement to run a node becomes more difficult, which pushes out the lower end of the community running nodes, which means that only the large corporations or people that can afford the higher end hardware can run nodes, which they say centralizes the mining, which if you say centralized in Bitcoin, people get scared and they think it's bad. Yeah. So you have, and so that also ties into play on what they think the network should be doing. If they think they should be buying a cup of coffee as opposed to sending a million dollars across international boundaries, then they're going to want larger block sizes so that they can keep low fees on their, on their tiny little purchases. Yeah. To me, to me though, it's, 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 you got to look at the bounds of the system, right? Let's look at the bounds of the transaction. We always, let's look at our examples. Coffee, cheap, buying it frequently. House, expensive, buying it infrequently. Those are our lower bound and upper bound. Let's create a solution that takes on the upper bound and then we don't have to worry about all the smaller shit. Well, the thing is, is that they think that if we deal with the upper bounds, we're allowed just to change hands of a large amount of money, millions of dollars in a single transaction in 10 minutes for very low fees, the same amount as it takes to buy a cup of coffee, right? Mm -hmm. If you can exchange that much for that little amount, percentage-wise, that's fantastic. That's a win for the world, for human existence on transacting value. But if you then, by doing so, you block out someone buying a cup of coffee, that doesn't mean that Bitcoin is a failure. It means that we find a different solution to buy a cup of coffee that's still secured by the Bitcoin network. Mm. 
Man, there's some deep problems, man. I hope the devs you guys are so smart. I hope the devs are. T- <laughs> <laughs> but I like, hope the, the devs. Does that make sense? I mean, it's like because you maybe block out the use cases for people doing menial tasks, or it's it's really cool to use Bitcoin and inconvenient to use Bitcoin to make small purchases. But that doesn't mean you can't use the same technology backed by the network to do the same type of thing. If you're still allowing for the incredible use cases of Bitcoin, such as sending large amounts of money internationally with no one to tell you you can't do it instantly, securely, and almost free in comparison to that large amount of money. To me, that's the killer app. You know, I was even talking to someone who does economies like their thing. And uh, he was telling me, he's like, well, what's the like, what's Bitcoin even useful for? What's its utility? And I was like, you could send money anywhere for like fractions of a penny. You could send $3 million and it'll cost you 30 cents. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. And he's like, yeah, that's a big deal. Huh. Like, that's all it takes for some people. For some people, it takes, you know, lots of convincing. But for some people, they're like, oh, yeah, that's obviously a big deal. We can't do that now. That's worth it. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that alone is worth the network. But then it allows yeah. for all of these other cool things that, we still, that we're still figuring out, right? Yeah. But at some point, Bitcoin can't do everything. There has to be a direction in which it goes. Absolutely. And, and in that direction, we may phase out some use cases, whereas they're useful right now because the network is not as large as it's going to be. Yeah. It's still young. But just because we may phase out some particular use cases doesn't mean the whole thing fails and we should give it up and it's all over. That's a ridiculous thing to say. It's going yeah. to happen and we're going to find alternatives that make those things still useful. And the most important thing, and I hope you guys appreciate the segue here, is Bitcoin is love. <laughs> Bitcoin is love for everyone. Isn't that right, Cello? Yeah, TYBG. Thank you, Base God. <laughs> that was a segue into our interview. We've got it, the Base is God. It, is it fair to say? Is it fair to say that Marcello is completely mesmerized by? Yes, you Lil are. Marcello, don't you are a follower of the Base God now? Yeah, I wasn't when I started this podcast, but now he's my he's my favorite rapper that I don't listen to. Can I say that? <laughs> Corey, how many base god pictures do we get in a week on average? Do you think I can't even count anymore? I'm just <laughs> Did you see so, base god here? And they're all followed by "You're Welcome." <laughs> You're welcome, and uh, TYBG. Thank you, base god. Thank you, base god. Uh, and then let's let's tell the people how this how this interview came together. If people are wondering, like you know, how how do we get Imogen? How do we get Little B? How are we getting these people? Um, you text them on a Friday night. And then <laughs> That's literally what we do. It's it's amazing. I guess we're really lucky when we get these guys. But Yeah, he said he said hurry up or make it fast. Oh wait, where's my phone? I think I have the text. Yeah. Followed by hear. I love you. I got the text here. <laughs> uh let me see. Let me go down a while because I'm so popular. Oh, here it is. I texted, I called him on Skype. He texts me. He goes, Hey, who's this? I said, The Bitcoin podcast down for a 10 minute interview? Question mark, question mark. Call real fast. That was it. That's the conversation. And then we had an interview. And then we had Lil B on the show. 
well, to babe. tell us that Bitcoin is love. So do we need to introduce him anymore so people know who he is? Yeah, if, I'll let Marcello if, stick with that one. Yeah, he's not just like a another ignorant ignorant rapper. He he's actually appeared on uh, CNN, MSNBC. He's conducted lectures at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and at the Carnegie Mellon University. And we wanted to hear from the base guy himself about life's most wonderful internet magic money. So that's why he's here. You know, right. we don't have to get CEOs of, of X company or Y company. Sometimes we just want to hear from the streets. So <laughs> literally, and that's what we got. <laughs> so, uh, quiet children, the, the base God is speaking. Here it is. Yo. Hello. Hey, what's up, little B? Yo, what's up, man? Hey, thank you so much for uh, taking time on a Friday night. Just speak with us for, you know, five, ten minutes. We really appreciate it. It's all good. Cool, man. Uh, I, man, let me just get straight to it, man, so we don't waste any time, man. Um, I, I was doing a little bit, I was doing a little research on you, man, and you've never had interest in signing to a label because you just, you just knew that you could do things yourself on your own terms. So the idea of Bitcoin has to be like appealing to someone like yourself. So as, as someone who spends a lot of time in the Bay Area, do you hear a lot of people talk about Bitcoin over there in that area? Oh, well, you know, um, with the major label stuff too, man, you know, like it, it, it's, it all gotta make sense. Like, you know, I'm, I'm an unsigned artist right now. I've been doing this myself, you know, no management, no label, no nothing, no, you know, uh, agents, no nothing like that. Like doing it, you know, to myself just because, um, you know, it's been working out. And, um, but also, you know, it's a different level that, you know, you gotta take things to. And, uh, you know, sometimes you need help and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, it's not bad to get help neither. You know, it's just gotta be the right, uh, physician for the, uh, position. But, you know, uh, shout out to Bitcoin though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, like, you know, besides any uh, government stuff, you know, I, I respect it. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it mirrors like kind of your values, like that free thinking, cutting the ties, just independent way of, of thinking, man. There you go. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, definitely just, you know, keeping it. Keeping it, you know, just just doing doing what you do, you know what I'm saying, and doing it online. Absolutely, absolutely. And so some of some of the other people in the industry, Nas, Snoop, and, and many other rappers are starting to see the benefits of Bitcoin. Uh, do you have any interest or, or possible uses of Bitcoin to release future mixtapes or albums? I mean, you've released over a hundred hours of free music. Would you release any of that music uh, for Bitcoin? I mean, if, you know, some of the Bitcoin uh, founders, you know, come travel up with me or something like that. But, I mean, right now, you know, I'm I'm just doing stuff, self-releasing, you know, working on some real legendary music I got coming and just, you know, some exciting plans that I got for the 216. Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money. So, you know, money talk, man. That's true. I mean, and in, in today's rap market, I mean, some people would think it's a little oversaturated. Bitcoin can open up a whole new customer base, you know, maybe a base that you haven't tapped into. So we're really excited if you uh, if you have some interest in that in 2016. Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Look, just trying to just keep everything legal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so no publicist, no manager, no label. 
I think that is what today's artists are trying to achieve. Uh, what kind of freedom? How does it reflect in the type of artist you are and the music you can make? You know, having the freedom to just get all of your money through Bitcoin as opposed to having to share it through, you know, maybe record labels or. Yeah, well, right now, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't get money through Bitcoin, but I got love for Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got love for, uh, you know, the whole Bitcoin, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm getting everything straight to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's cool. Um, it's definitely cool, man. Like, just being able to have your own, you know, dates, dates and schedules and do what you want to do. And also, it's hard, too. You know what I'm saying? Being your own boss, not having to answer to nobody and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, it comes with trial and error and learning, but um, you just got to be built for it. And it's uh, new levels and new heights that uh, the Will Be um, Enterprise and the Will Be, you know what I'm saying, legacy will be going. We should help you out. We should try and help you get it so that you can accept Bitcoin for some of the music. There you go, man. There you go, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we'll, 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 we'll try to see, man. I'm trying to, you know, really see more and, and learn more about Bitcoin, you know, like, uh, you, you know, the streets talk about it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I, I haven't experienced it personally, but, you know, it is, it, it, you know, it, it, something can happen, you know what I'm saying? We're here for you, man. We're, we'll be your street team, man. We, we, got, <laughs> we support you, you 100%, go. man. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate hey, t- it. Tell, us, tell us a little bit about the thugged out, pissed off mixtape for people that, you know, they're not up on the bass guy. Just tell us a little bit, I guess, about the, the creative process and if someone's hearing it for the first time, you know, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, you know, I got pissed off, man. A real um, the 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 latest body of art that uh, Lil B has uh, put forth and created, and um, you know, really, it's just you know that audio visual, you know, getting ready, you know, feeling it, be, be, being a part of it, you know, being into the story, and um, you know, I just really advise everybody to check out the got pissed off mixtape, the history uh sixty three brand new songs and um you know it's 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 it's, it's something that people could really ride to it's a lot of gems what i mean by gems it's a lot of good lyrics in there a lot of heartfelt thought thought provoking lyrics that you just go in and um you know it settles you know so the people you know you got you got to do your mining and, and find you know find the gems and do your due diligence as a listener and, uh, you know, we got more little V coming to 16, man. A lot of good plans. That's what's up, man. Also, uh, you know, before we get out of here, you have the power to put curses on people. Can you do us a favor and put a blessing on this podcast so we can have fortune, women, good luck? Just a, just a little bit of it, man. No, you know, y'all, you guys are blessed, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, you know, you talk to little B, man. You know, it's, it's all love and, uh, you know, just definitely uh, future respect for Bitcoin and, you know, future respect for the U.S. dollar and everybody else that's, you know, doing what they got to do. And shout out to the government and shout out to everybody that's doing what they do in the back end and the front end. Shout out to the coders, you know, shout out to everybody that's behind the computer, you know what I'm saying, making numbers and, and codes and, and making these, you know, base pages, web pages, you know what I'm saying? So we we, we going in, man. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my word to you. We're gonna talk to Imogen Heap uh, next week. We're gonna get you two together on a song. We're gonna release on the blockchain. That's our goal, man. We're we're gonna make it happen. There you go, man. There you go, man. Yeah, tell her what's up, man.
One last question. We got to ask it to all of our guests in 10 words or less. Can you describe Bitcoin? Man, you know, it's the streets, man. It's, it's the hood, man. <laughs> I love that. The, hood, <laughs> the streets, the hood. I love it. Nice. Straight up. All right, All right man. Y'all yeah. say a lot. All right, thanks. And that was Lil B, the bass god. And he was an interesting interview. It was very interesting. It was very interesting to get the viewpoint from the streets. And I loved his answer. What is Bitcoin in 10 words or less? The streets. That's it. If you don't understand that, then hey, sorry for you. (laughs) And he blessed us too. So we're going to have a good week. Oh, yeah. For a man that's known to put curses on people, he blessed us. And he blessed the entire curse. Bitcoin community. He did. So, we're good to go. We're solid. I expect we got the price to go up $100 this week. The base god influx. That's what yep. it'll be called. The base. I hope that that's what the marker is whenever people are like looking back in history and they see like an uptick. Like they, had like they labeled the uptick with... The base god influx. The base god influx of adopters. Yeah. Of adopters. Yeah. So for all you guys listening right now, you should maybe tweet Lil B and he'll tweet about Bitcoin to his millions of followers. And then you never know what will come of that. So do that. Yeah, yeah flood of Bitcoin tweets. But while we are um, talking about our listeners, we got some we got some Zapchain community action going on. And I want to talk about it since I've literally been plugging it for like how long now? Two months. <laughs> Two yeah. months. We got the community growing and we have people interacting with us, which is good. It's all, it's what we've always wanted. And so I asked the question to the Zapchain community, is there a Bitcoin issue that you would like for us to round table a boot on the show? I was respecting our Canadian listeners this coming week. And, uh, so we're just going to keep this succinct and we're going to respond to you guys. So the first was Andre's J12, I believe. No, that might be an L. Andre's JL2. And he said, should we increase the size of the blocks? I find very interesting this topic. I would like to know which is the rightest choice. Uh, I read that verbatim. So I'm pretty sure he used Google Translate on us. (laughs) I would, I would say, let's see, uh, three. Of the five responses we got were about increasing the block size, whether or not we should do it, negative and positive aspects of the Bitcoin block, um, whether or not increasing the Bitcoin block is one of the best songs they can discuss. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm assuming he's talking about uh, increasing the Bitcoin block size. He's super foreign. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Sky that, might be like, that might be like a, like a Google Translate it is because in my inbox, it was, I think it was either in Portuguese or Spanish. And then when I checked on Zapchain, it was in English. So I was like, huh, interesting. Okay. Well, um, if it's Portuguese, I can read it. Anyway, uh, addressing those between Skyblazer and under JL12, we just talked a lot about the negative and positive aspects of increasing the, the Bitcoin block and the previous, before that, been before that, that interview. Mm-hmm. I think that really went in deep, at least. I wouldn't say deep. It, it's a good surface level That's idea of, I mean, it, it can go really deep in terms cool. of techno, te- technological aspects of uh, positive or negative aspects. But we gave a good surface level I, I did description of what's going on. By increasing the block size, you allow more transactions per 
per block per 10 minutes, but you increase the difficulty of nodes taking care of it, among a few other things, right? Mm-hmm. It also allows more people to spam the network or other things like that, depending on the size of the block. Mm-hmm. So by, increase, by, by keeping it small or decreasing it, you increase the fee incentive. So people can't get their transactions confirmed if they don't have a big enough fee. And so if they don't have a big enough fee, they have to redo the transaction with a larger fee. And you kind of have to wait. Or you create a competitive market on fees. So smaller transactions, buying smaller things becomes more difficult or completely not worth it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have other solutions for yeah. doing those types of purchases using cryptography and crypto coins. So Sky Blazer, Andres, we hope we answered your question there. The negatives is there's some spam issues uh, with having a super large block. And there's some network propagation issues, which would lead to orphan blocks and wasted resources. The positive is we can inch closer toward that global peer-to-peer currency uh, when we do increase the block size and allow more capacity. So that's pretty succinct, and I hope that helps you out. If you have more questions, hit up Dr. Petty, because uh, he's a doctor. Email us. Yep. I'm a doctor in physics, by the way, so that doesn't mean I'm really good at cryptography. Well, he also rescues animals sometimes with his bare hands. That's not true. But that that happens. <laughs> that happens for sure. Another one. Oscar Morless. I think it's Oscar Morless. And this was just yesterday. He said, I'd like to talk about something that almost no one speaks as uh, what would happen if major mining pools were a united into one. Plus, you can leverage the Bitcoin as payment for services as freelance work or something, and any announcement about games that give away bits. Hmm. So I inadvertently answered that. Yeah, the cello, cello peaked on that first one, and that also before the interview. Um, talking about maybe China and what happens with them. But if we were to theoretically talk about all of the major mining pools uniting into one, making a large percentage of all mining being under the name of a single mining pool that doesn't necessarily mean that it's centralized, right? Because the mining pool is just a place where miners go to share the block reward, right? So and the, the mining pool uh, has certain rules and regulations on how they disperse the rewards of the blocks that are mined so that you can essentially have a more steady stream of earnings as opposed to uh, playing the chance of winning the entire block reward. So, uh, So you have... Say if you have a certain amount of hash power, that's a percentage of the entire network, and that's not enough. Say you, you know, your odds of winning the network based on the percentages are really low. You, like you know, you're never going to actually. Well, it's it's really unlikely for you to actually solve the block and get the entire reward for yourself if you're mining by yourself. Mm-hmm. What you can do is enter into a pool, which then gives you, uh, which then whoever wins the block and that entire pool probably get some type of reward depending on the pool and its structure, but the reward is evenly dispersed based on some type of algorithm, depending on the pool as well, on who gets what percentage of that reward for the block that was for the block that was mined. So if one person mines a block in the entire pool, everybody gets some. So if the pool constantly mines blocks, you have a much steadier stream of reward for your resources. So you can kind of make a lot more statistical um, bets on how much money you're, how much return you're going to get for your hardware. So that's the whole point of a pool. But that doesn't mean if the pool changes and you don't like it, you can't leave, 
right? Mm-hmm. So when you're saying that the entire pool is united into a single one, that's assuming that everyone who's doing it also agrees with what the mining pool's doing, which is never, ever, ever going to happen. It's almost dumb to even theorize about it. That's yeah. incredible centralization the world has never known where everyone's thinking the same and agreeing on it. That doesn't happen. Does if, some, if the happen. pool does something that, that, that the miners don't like or choose to not do, they either leave or don't use that option in the mining pool because some, some mining pools have options. Yep. Right? So I hope that answers that. And the second uh, part of your question, what's up, Corey? I think I interrupted you. Go ahead. I was going to answer the second Oh, the second part of your question. I found a Nido website, uh, and I and I just responded to you on the Zap chain, uh, Cryptorials.io, and it has an entire list, a library of games you can play for bits, games that are upcoming, games that are fun, games that might be scammy. It's got all the information there for you, Mister Oscar. So check that out. If you see something you like, you should tell us in the Zap chain, and then maybe also, I'll give it a try. There's a couple of Reddit subreddits that uh, have like you know Bitcoin for hire. Stuff like that, where you can po- post your services and ask for jobs for Bitcoin. And I'm sure there's websites, but I don't know them. We'll look into them and post them on the Zapchain as well. Mm-hmm. I know Saratobi was a popular one. It's basically like um, like a home run hitter game. The further you throw the banana, the more bits you get or something. I don't know. I played it for like a little bit on the toilet once. That's all. Moving on. Francis Nice. Uh, she said, talk about how how the... What? This is definitely a Google Translate. Talk about how it will affect the price of having Bitcoin then. What are your findings? Uh, They believe that the price will remain, rise, or fall? Lots of questions in there. (laughs) So let's reword this. What will happen to the price of Bitcoin when the halvening of Bitcoin happens? That means that when the reward of mining a successful block goes from... Decreases. It it, It goes to half of what it currently is. What happens to the price of Bitcoin? I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you start it. Go ahead. Oh, um, just to keep it simple, real simple, basic econ. The supply goes down. Demand stays the same. Price goes up. Price equilibrium. That's my prediction. That's what I'm going with. Skadoosh. Look at it back. Do you think, how, how fast do you think that happens? I think it'll happen relatively quick. I think it'll happen within three weeks. I think there will be a three-week rise of the price in order to make up for the supply cutting in half. I think some miners will shut off their shut off their machines because they can no longer compete. I think maybe I even think this is something that I, a lot of people don't theorize on, but I think there's some people waiting to unleash new mining tech right at the onset of the happening that it, maybe even the difficulty goes up. I think the difficulty is going to go up instead of stay the same. I know how businesses work. They like to be opportunistic. I bet you a day or two, either before or after, either Bitfury or one of those giant mining uh, pools or companies is going to have some new technology and difficulty is going to go up. Okay, so if the difficulty goes up, that means more people are are trying to solve the, the mining problem to get the reward. Mm-hmm. And if they're getting half of the coins, then it then the, the price of the coins that they're getting needs to offset the amount of power they're using to mine the coins. Mm-hmm. Which means and the price goes up. That means if they're to be sustainable business, the price has to go up. 
if it's if it, if the price doesn't, then all of those people drop off the network. Yep. And they wait for the difficulty to go down to turn to turn their mining rigs back on. And I I don't think it's going to be that quick. I think that the price will go up because the businesses need to stay profitable for the electricity they're using to get a coin. And because it's halving, because they're getting half the coins, the price of each coin needs to go up. Yep. Um, but I think it'll be a little slow. I think a lot of people will go off the network because it's not, it's no longer feasible for them to run or big businesses will turn off a portion of their, of their mining equipment because it's not profitable to run the entire, entire operation mm-hmm. until there, there also has to be, that many users trans- doing transactions. I mean, the use case, it's not just people mining that's running the network. It's people who are transacting network, using the network, moving money across to, to different places and using goods and services and so on and so forth that tr- creates transactions for miners to mine and verify. If that's not happening in Rising, then it, there's no point to mine the network, right? Mm-hmm. There's no point to secure it if no one's using it. So I think the use case also needs to go up. So it'll happen slowly because the use case is going to stay the same. I think a lot, the large part of the network is going to drop off and the difficulty will go down mm-hmm. and there will be a happy medium for a little while until the price rises to coincide with what people value the token as. Yep. So I guess because the they're just getting less tokens. They still have to sell those tokens to the community. Yeah. So a miner gets tokens. He still has to sell the tokens to an exchange or community or for goods and services and so on and so forth. And that's all decided upon what people are willing to give for it, not on how much work they did to get them. And so mm-hmm. the people need to adjust how much they're willing to say a Bitcoin is worth before the miners can sell for that price. It has, it has nothing to do with how much token they're getting. They just, they have to adapt to the difficulty of the network. Mm-hmm. So I guess the best answer for you, Francis, is get your popcorn ready because it's going to be fun. It should go up because the scarcity increases. Why don't we just all do a vote right here, right There's now? Less, okay. Well, Cello, go ahead. what do you think, up or down? Um, Up. I say up. I say up gradually. There we go. Up it is. We have consensus. The prediction market has been built. Three out of three up. <laughs> Bitcoin network has spoken. <laughs> Bitcoin podcast is what we're called. The Bitcoin, the Bitcoin podcast has put its foot down. Let's, let's make an open letter to the community about how the Bitcoin podcast thinks the price the gavel, will go up. The gavel of truth is not. Yes. All right. Those are all that the was the gavel. Well, that's it for the questions. Uh, do we have any more talking points? Let's wrap it up like Christmas. All right. We're going to wrap this motherfucker up. Um, let's see here. Thanks for listening again. 37th episode. We've been at this for a while, guys. I'd like to think we're getting pretty damn good at it myself. Um, go visit us on our zapchain.com slash Z slash just two guys. And if you like the community enough, um, then you can definitely join it. We are growing. We're getting there. Um, let's see. Twitter at the BTC podcast. Cello runs the Twitter. You can tweet him. He'll tweet you back. Every once in a while, you'll see him tweeting celebrities and tweeting important people in the Bitcoin ecosystem. You should, uh, proliferate those tweets. You should help us out. We're trying to get some cool people on the show. 
And then he also dropped some knowledge bombs as well. Isn't that right, Cello? Yeah, you say I never talk to the community. I talk to the community plenty. <laughs> like the candy. Good and plenty. All the time. Oh, that's a good candy. Isn't that like candy-coated licorice? Yep. Ooh, not a good candy. <laughs> not, not a good candy. Um, let's see. We're on Facebook, the Bitcoin Podcast on Facebook. We are getting lots of likes on Facebook. I'm liking that. People like us. See what I did there? They really like us. They do. They really like us. Um, what else do we have? Our website, of course, the Bitcoin Podcast dot com. Um, it's a beautiful website. Compliments a la Marcello. Yep. And Dimitri is writing blogs consistently. Yeah. So I'm writing. Go ahead. I was back to back. I don't know if you're going to write one next week, but. You know. Um, I've got some stuff hummed up in my brain thoughts. I'm going to try and get them out and to my fingertips through the keyboard. Um, yeah, mostly hoorah, hoorah stuff. I'm big on, you know, keeping the community unified towards the goal of global money because it's awesome. Um, what else do we have brewing out there that we could plug? Two a weeks starting next week. Two a weeks are starting. So when you open up your podcasty app, you're going to see what? Another new episode from TPP that fast. And we're going to say, fuck yeah. Number two of the week coming at you. Um, it's not going to be every week, but it is going to be frequently enough for you to get all of the Bitcoin awesomeness you know and love straight to your ear sockets. Did I miss anything? Um, good, enough. good enough, man. Thank right. you, Base God. Thank you, Base God. Hope you're listening. All right. Is there like a chant that he does? Like Base God, Base God, Base God, Base God, Base God, Base God. Thank you, Base God. Base God, fuck my bitch. Thank you, Base God. Really? That's a that's a chant. Yeah. There's a chant that says Base God fucked my bitch. Thank you, Base God. Thank you, Base God. Interesting. Thank you for the love, the light. The, that is the positivity power. that you bring into my life. That is a powerful penis, man. TYBG. All right. Play. Fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch. You know the bass guy. Bass guy, bass guy, bass guy, bass guy, bass guy, bass guy. Fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch. You know the bass guy. Fashion Mori 30, bitch. I look like A Rod. Castro Valley bitches wanna fuck the base guy. Santa Rosa hosa with the cocaine hosa. Fucking young bitches like I ain't tomorrow. If the price is right, I'll buy your base guy. Tell a get nasty bitch Illuminati. I'm the pretty bitch, man, your girlfriend trashy. I think I'm Earl Sweatshirt or I think I'm Tyler. Fucking bitches mouse, I don't get tired. So the couple pounds, now my zips fly. All I smoke is purple, I don't do the cooking I don't want no money, bitch, I want some pussy I don't want no, bitch, I want some pussy I still selling Jerry's, bitch, I want some money Now suck a dick, bitch, and go and get a honey Bass 
I fuck my bitches, let me tell you some. I bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got. Fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch, you know the bass got. Bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got. I got that dirty dick like Charlie Sheen. You can fuck my bitch 'cause we getting paid. Stupid ass bitch acting like a slave. Fuck Jim Crow and Autumn. Still selling Jerry and Fetty Wap. Selling Fetty Wap and I sell Jerry. I don't know them bitch. I got bitches. You don't got bitches. You like niggas. I ain't mad at you. More girls for me. Still selling Fetty and I sell Jerry. My bison pissy with that four fifth. Never been a black hoe. I'm Will Smith. Call me bass god. Povich, Flex and Rick Ross, bitch. I look like selling Fetty Wap, and I sell Jerry. You never seen Jerry 'cause you niggas snitch. Selling Fetty Wap like a fat bitch. Bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got. Fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch. You know the bass got. Bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got bass got. Fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch. You know the bass got. Big it up. Bass guy, fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch, you know the bass guy. Bass guy, bass guy, bass guy, bass guy, bass guy, bass guy. Fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch, you know the. You know what I'm saying? You know the bass guy. Might know him. You might know him. But right now you know Lil B. I know the bass guy. I seen the bass guy, man. My name is Lil B. Let's get it. Fuck my bitch, you pretty bitch, you know the.